What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It's David, Isaac, Candace. This is the Sports Ethos Grizzlies podcast. The Grizzlies are on to round two. Walk in your trap, take over your trap. Two times in this series, the Grizzlies beat Minnesota at home. Tonight's final score, 114 to 106. And my favorite part about this victory is we don't have to hear them damn fans anymore, man. So sick of dealing with them fans. But yeah, I mean, Warriors fans are already starting, so I don't, I don't know. Maybe it won't be as bad this series. We'll see what's up. It'll make more sense coming from the Warriors. It won't yeah. be as delusional coming from the Warriors. Yeah, that's what I said. I can take it for take it from the Warriors, man. At least they won championships. They they have a history of of winning. Minnesota, man, make the playoffs twice in eighteen years, and they're popping up talking about sweeping, like 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 with Grizz the trash, and like this is gonna be an easy series and. But I told them be careful. Uh, after they gave, they won game one, man. They thought the thought the series was over. And even though they played well, I mean, you have to close out games, and that was the story of this series, man. I tweeted out a minute ago, uh, four quarters. Uh, Grizzlies outscored Minnesota one ninety eight to one thirty six um, in this series in the fourth quarter, and that's kind of story of the series. I mean, Minnesota just could not find ways to to close out games, and, and the Grizzlies were able to get done in the fourth quarter, even despite. Playing terrible uh, for most of the series. I think they trail for, I think, over 70% of the minutes of the series, and they win 4-2. Uh, so, I mean, and that that all basically came down to the fourth quarter and Grizzlies making the plays when they need to down the stretch and Minnesota not getting it done. I mean, you just saw stupid stuff. Like Charles Walker said it for the series start. He said this is one of the dumbest teams he's ever seen. Like you saw it tonight. Cat came down with that deep three. I think Anthony Edwards shot on a, the a, shot clock, man. Yeah, and he Anthony Edwards shot a real bad one. feet. Yeah, and that one shot a real bad one from the corner, I think it was. And you see those kind of shots in, in every game. I mean, they game gets close, and they, they start throwing up these wild shots. And I'm like, all right, man, we'll take it. Because uh, Grizzlies, when it comes down to it, they're going to execute, man. And they did it, did it again tonight. Yeah, it was a well-fought victory. Um, we just had to push through. It was literally, you know, it's funny to say this. It's a new iteration of the Grizzlies. They just had to grit and grind it out. It's pretty much exactly what they had to do. They had to keep themselves enough in the game. Um, just to be able to make the right plays down the stretch. And um, the Grizzlies had their flaws tonight. Most definitely had their flaws tonight. Uh, you know, 18 turnovers tonight. So just yeah. that was a big story. And I think it was the only reason why, to be honest, the Grizzlies didn't have a lead majority of this game. And a lot of times I think it's other factors that have prevented them from really being able to take control of the game. But, you know, tonight I just thought it was turnovers. It was their biggest detriment in in, in some of the selection of Dylan, Sasha selection of Dylan Brooks, who <laughs> put us in detriment a little bit too. But – but at the end of the day, the Grizzlies. Hell no. <laughs> I'm sorry, no. man. Hey, you got to take it. No, but I can't. I can't. Yeah, he was five and six for three. Yeah, he was five and six for three. He was almost 50% from the field. Case Lantern tonight, man. No. Come on. Dylan, I don't put us in a tank, man. He just went one for 10 in the last game, and you didn't craft one in that hard. And then tonight, he goes five and 23 points. Oh. I'm just saying, man. I wasn't even gonna gas him up that much. But two, two or four, two or four, man. Two assists tonight. He didn't pass it. To her point, he wasn't. He was minus five in the plus minus. Yeah, I mean, come on now. I call it like I see it now. I know. I know Dylan had three points. Shout out to Justin Lewis wherever he is right now. But I'm sure he loved that. But anyway. Uh, you know, you just gotta put it out there. Hey, the good with the bad, right? That's DB. I'm just saying. It, it, you almost heard, heard us for it. Anyway, it was a good, good game. I mean, not well. Actually, I thought overall we did play, or the team played a lot better. They, Jaron was able to play 34 minutes tonight. That's huge. I, I think it, if anything else, it's one of the, one of the biggest takeaways. Uh, he was able to not only stay on the court, but he had 18 points and um, 18. 14 rebounds. 14 rebounds. 14 rebounds. Man, that's Huge. big for Jaren. Huge for Jaren. So, great game for him to step up. It was really a team effort, I think. I think it took everybody um, to put t- together what they brought to this team. I think uh, everybody did – everybody played it within themselves, and they pulled it out. And, that, and that's what matters at the end of the day. Um, I'm interested to see sort of the changes that go and then happen between now and the next series. But um, we'll fire victory. Go Grizz. Grizz in six. Grizzly six, man, they I, get that. Man, I, I'm sitting here thinking right now, man. How, how do you think Stephen Adams was reacting watching this game? Like, I can't oh, even man. imagine what he'd be like <laughs> watching a game, man. Knowing his personality and everything, like, I wonder, like, I'm sure he's like yelling at the TV, like saying all kind of crazy stuff, and I, that that crossed my mind during the game. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think that we have talked nearly enough 
about how well this team has rebounded in the series without, without their best rebounder. Yeah. Right. You know, Brandon, Brandon Clark has been phenomenal. I would say, you know, Brandon Clark kind of slid into that Steven Adams role and he was pulling down rebounds. But even if you take his rebounds away from their total tonight, the Grizzlies out rebounded the Timberwolves even without the 11 that they got from Brandon Clark. And they've done this all series by team rebounding. You look at Brooks had three, Jaron had 14, three from Tillman, seven from Bain, eight from Ja, six from Conchar with 10 minutes on the bench. You know, I, when he fired up that three, dude, I was begging for that thing to go in. I wanted it to yeah. go Yeah, so did I. But, you know, that, that's – he was a net neutral in, in 10 minutes of play in a game six. And, and that's – it's insane to me that we're seeing him play – and, and that you know, like we we campaigned for him to play, and he went out there and he done well, done yep. what you well, want him to do. Well, I, honestly, the, the the scorekeeper must have wanted him to to, him to go down too because they gave him three points on a Jaron three earlier. Uh, Revit and Pete said on the broadcast they had to go change it. That Brett, that that three that Jaron hit, I think early fourth quarter. Uh, they initially cut credit to that to Gunchar, uh, and, and they had to change it because they announced it was like first playoff points. I was like, when did Gunchar score? And it was like that was Jaron that hit that three. So. Apparently, the scorekeeper wanted Contrada to, 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 to have some points, too. But pretty much, like you said, it was a team effort, man. Everybody that played tonight, I mean, because you just look down this box score, man. Josh, 17. Bain, 23. Uh, Brooks, 23. Jared, 18. Uh, Exton played, played limited minutes, but he had 2.3 rebounds in the minutes he played. BC, 17, 11, 11 out the bench. Kyle with 4.3 rebounds. Steal, a block. Tyus, 10 points. Uh, Contrada didn't score, but had six rebounds and a steal. Uh, so, I mean, it's just a, a total team effort. And, again, man, they get into these four quarters, man, and I don't know what gets into the head of the Timberwolves, uh, but what was it, 40 to 22 tonight in the fourth quarter, just getting killed uh, in the fourth quarter of these games. And, I mean, they just got to learn how to close games. I mean, it was a tough, tough series. I mean, this is a team that for some reason just gives the Grizzlies problems. They just couldn't couldn't shake up throughout the series. You kept, I kept waiting, like, every game to say, okay, this is going to be the one where this fight, it looks like a 2-7 series and, and the Timberwolves are not going to show up. And every game, man, they they came and brought it, but just couldn't close these games out in the fourth quarter uh, and were a, a bastard away from this thing getting in five. I think that we, we – I know that we've talked about this a little bit before, but closing games is the hardest part. Like, And that's – whatever sport it is baseball the the hardest three outs in baseball are the last three the the last two minutes in a football game that's the hardest part whether you're playing offense or defense and basketball is the same way we watched the Grizzlies struggle closing games last year and while the the Timberwolves have veterans on the team and Carl Anthony Town is a veteran player they are inexperienced whenever it comes to closing games that matter because they've not been competitive for a while. This team will be better next year than what they were this year. And I think that one of the big focuses coming into the season for Finch and his coaching staff has to be learning what they're going to do to close games. And the Grizzlies can close games by putting the ball in John Moran's hand and say, hey, it's your offense. Go out there and do what you do. Do the Timberwolves have somebody that can do that? And based off of what we saw in this series, Towns is a veteran. He should be ready to do that, but he's not. I, Anthony Edwards was showing his youth. Is he a guy that's going to take a step forward next year and be the one that takes over games late for them? And that's, I think D'Angelo Russell could probably be that guy. But in this series, the Grizzlies just had him completely stifled. I, I don't think this was a slump series for him. I think the Grizzlies' defense, defensive game plan against him completely took him off of his game and, and eliminated him, essentially. Yeah, Dylan Brooks did a fantastic job on him all season. I mean, I mean all season, all series. If you want to talk about his biggest impact outside of offensively, what he did tonight, I mean, this entire series, I mean, he just shut the water off of D'Angelo Russell, and D'Angelo Russell had killed the Grizzlies um, in, in the series throughout the year. And Dylan didn't play any of those games, and we kind of talked on here about how that wouldn't have happened if Dylan Brooks was playing, and we saw that play out in, in real time in this series. I mean, he just couldn't get going, and I think that's a, 
a big thing because I think that Minnesota team is even better uh, when he scored and able to get to his spots and, and do what he does, but he wasn't able to do that in this series. And you talk about closing games and kind of how that being a, a tough part of the process. Grizzlies went through that last year. Uh, we started in a Utah series. Grizzlies were in pretty much all those games, but mm-hmm. down the stretch, man, they would just fall apart. Utah was a veteran team, had been there, and, and they just kind of outclassed them in the fourth quarters. And it was kind of opposite this year. Uh, we saw that maturation for the Grizzlies, and they were able to, to do that against this Minnesota team because, I mean, they Minnesota hasn't, hasn't been there. As you said, man, the Grizzlies had to go into Golden State to a must-win game to get in the playoffs, knock off uh, Curry and the Warriors last year. Then they get they go into the Utah series, and you have that experience, and that's valuable. I mean, you add something to your to your team every year by these experiences, just like this series. I think the Grizzlies are going to be better for going through these battles with this team. Um, and, and I think that's going to be something that they carry over to the next season, series because I don't think, even though it's going to be a extremely tough series against the Warriors, I think it's going to be a different kind of series. And I've yeah. t- talked about that throughout the series against Minnesota. You see a lot of people, even Grizzlies fans and even people nastily, kind of down on the Grizzlies saying, oh, this doesn't look like the team we saw for 82 games. And when people say that, I kind of look at them and say, man, I don't, this Timberwolves team is a, it's just a tough matchup. I've said that if you watch the games of the regular season, they better than anybody else of any of the teams they played did, did the best job of blitzing John and taking John in the game. And you take John in the game, this, this team is going to struggle. I mean, he's kind of the head of the snake that, that's running that offense. And if you can limit him, it, it limits the team. And like I said, and, it, and I and Golden State fans get bad when I say this. I've, I've said this on Twitter. I'm not saying that it's, Grizzlies are for sure going to beat Golden State in this series, but I feel like against Golden State, they'll be able to do more of the things that they, they want to do. They'll look more like themselves and more of what we saw through 82 games than they did in this series because Golden State doesn't have the personnel, the length to kind of blitz Josh, stop him from good down the hill. They don't have inside scoring, so I think Jaron – even though Jaron is foul prone, I think you'll have a. I think you'll see much more of what we saw tonight in this series against Golden State than what we saw in most of the games in the series because they don't have the inside scoring. Uh, Draymond Green is not a scoring threat. Kevon Looney is not a guy that they don't have a call at these downs or anything close to it on the inside. So I think this team, especially if, I think Stephen Adams is a better player in the series, and, and physicality wise, I think the Grizzlies have a big advantage uh, over Golden State, and I just think it's a much better matchup. And again, not that they're going to win the series, but I think it's going to look better, especially aesthetically, uh, when, when you watch these games. Two two points to that. Um, one, I think it get it gets lost a little bit when we talk about the Grizzlies and their maturation process. <clears throat> yes, they did have some experience last year, and I think that was huge for them. But I think this team it took them two years to learn how to close games. They still struggled with that uh, Josh rookie season when they went to the play-in games and in, in the bubble. Uh, they just I mean, some, sometimes in the bubble they play badly, but they lost a lot of games that they were in that game all the way up to the end, and then they just, you know, couldn't figure out how to close. Uh, they played that final game, uh, Josh Rickey yeah, against Portland Damian game. Lillard. Yeah, against yeah. Portland Trailblazers and Damian Lillard. They were – job played at the time on his career best games, and it just – it wasn't enough yet. They just didn't know yet how to close. And some of that has to do with Jaron's injury, but the way they were in that game, they could have won that game. It's just a matter of a few plays here and there um, that ultimately went, you know, they, they just didn't know. They just had to learn. And so it's really a two-year maturation process. I know everybody focuses on last year because that was sort of the bigger stage, but I think it took them a longer, a little bit longer than just the one year to get it. Um, so that's one point. And um, another point, I think, um, I'm curious to see how things go with Steven Adams. Uh, I think I'm actually not as sure. I, I think Steven Adams has a role, but when I went back and I looked at some of those matchups before, Steven Adams was typically a negative on the floor when he played against the Warriors. Um, Kevon Looney actually played him well for whatever reason. I don't know if that's happenstance or circumstance or whatever. I think ultimately you give it a shot because I, I mean, Steven Adams brings so much to your offense, but I'm actually not so confident. So I'm curious to see, if and how they integrate Adams back into the rotation. I know right now he's in health and safety protocols. That should be mentioned. He probably won't be available for game one, maybe not even game two. Uh, so so that's another thing to monitor. I don't even know if he'll be – if it'll just announced? be through fault of his own. You said what? Was that, what? What day was that announced? That was – was it uh, yesterday? When the end report came out? Yeah. It was yesterday, yeah. So that, that would have yeah. been Thursday. So you got Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday – 
I don't even know. I don't think he's back for game two either. I think he misses yeah, the first I two think games of the, the series. Yeah. If yep. he's coming, he's he, coming on the road. And yeah, at when, that when point, go back. I guess it depends on how those games are going. That will depend on if and how they bring in Adams. You know, they like to condition people back. So I don't even think he's just going to come back and be thrown back in. Um, so I, I actually highly question, will Steven Adams be a part of this series? I think he had a better chance of being a part of it, had the health and safety protocols thing not worked out. But uh, I think it took Adams a couple of games, if I'm not mistaken, the last time he went out into safety health and protocol and came back. So it took him a game or two to get his feet from under him. And I don't know if they'll want to risk that in a playoff series on the road. So uh, it's a big question mark there. Yeah, I, I remember in the Golden State game that I went to at Memphis that Looney was doing a really good job early yeah. on Adams. Just yep. he was finding him when the shot went up. He made sure that he was there. And he done a great job keeping Adams off of the offensive glass. I, I don't know that he could do that throughout a seven-game series effectively yeah, right. if Adams is available. But a lot of huge questions there. Is he going to come back from health and safety protocols? Is he going to have his wind when he comes back from health and safety protocols? Mm -hmm. And as well as this team has played without him, do you risk it? Obviously, it's matchup dependent. The matchup is the reason Steven Adams went out of this. He just could not defensively be effective at all uh, against this Timberwolves team. And so th that's going to be huge decisions for this coaching staff. I, I actually, you know, I, I have a question about this matchup. We're kind of blending here in between this, this Timberwolves game and that, the next series. In the matchup against Denver, you saw Golden State running Draymond Green at the five with four guards out there. What do you think that looks like against the Grizzlies? I was having a conversation today, and the person that I was talking to, they're like, I don't know if the Grizzlies has a personnel to match up against that, but I think if you you play Jaron at the five and they're running that lineup, if you, you're trying to match up against it, you got Ja, Bain, Brooks, and uh, – stones that you can play as your four guards with Jaron at the five. And I, I think that would match up pretty well. What about you guys? I agree. That would be my call. Yeah. Sure. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like to look with, with John Zayas. I mean, I've, uh, there was a time where I didn't like that. Uh, we talked about that on the last episode, but I think it, they showed that Denver World Series that it, it works well. Uh, they, John Zayas talked about that in the post game, last game about how they played, Complement each other, and I think they complement each other well, especially if uh, Golden State's gonna gonna run that quote depth lineup as they call it. Um, I think you you run John Tyus with with Jared at the five. I think Jared at the five in this series is if if you're gonna do it, man, this is definitely the series to do it. I think it works fantastically uh, against what they're gonna run out there because uh, especially you got Dray Draymond at the five. I mean that's no problem uh, for Jared, and I think Jared's gonna have a big series. I, I honestly think the person that said they don't know if the Grizzlies can match up with it. I think they're wrong. I think they match up better against that than what, than what we saw against Minnesota, to be honest. By far. And to add to that point, I know I brought this up in the last podcast, but they ran that job. I don't – now, I, I do think Zaire might have been also on the floor, so it wasn't the exact same small ball lineup that we used against the Timberwolves, but but Ja, ja and Tyus together on the floor is how they closed out the last game at the FedEx Forum against uh, – no, actually, it was not the last game because the last game was – they didn't have any players. So the second to last game, that big matchup uh, with Steph versus Ja, that game, that's how they closed the game. And it, it actually worked really well because uh, Gary Payton, uh, the third, the second, Gary Payton, the second, he was doing a really good job on Ja. He, he sort of had had Ja struggling. And I think that's something that they'll do to sort of circumvent Ja because nobody else had an answer for Ja Morant. But, but Gary, Gary Payton did a great, good job. Uh, but when they brought Tyus out, giving him that relief valve, uh, that's when you saw kind of saw Ja take over that last, you know, three to five minutes. And, and Tyus actually hit some big shots as well. So I think it works out great, uh, even more so, even better than it did against the Timberwolves, like you said, Isaac. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for this series. I think that not, – not that I think the Grizzlies are just going to roll the Warriors. I think the right. Grizzlies – they have a little more experience. They're going to be a better team coming out of this series. But the, the Warriors are tried and tested. So, so what's going to happen coming, you know, heading into this series? The Grizzlies are going to have to fight. And the one thing 
that the Warriors know how to do that the Timberwolves don't is close games. And so if the Grizzlies continue to stumble out of the starting blocks, it, it may be a long or, or it could be a short series potentially. If you go into the fourth quarter down double digits against Steph and Clay and Draymond, I don't know that you're going to fight back from double-digit leads consistently with this team because they have guys that know how to close. They don't have the – you know, it's it's not the inexperience of somebody that sh- shouldn't be shooting a 26-footer firing up a 26-footer with, you know, three seconds gone off of the shot clock. They got guys that know how to execute and guys that when they fire up shots like that, they're more than likely going to fall. I would agree but, with – oh, sorry. No, you go ahead. I was gonna say I, I would agree with that point, but I will just put out the caveat that outside of their core, uh, they do still have quite a few players that are, they don't have experience, um, particularly Jordan Poole. So that I think that helps, you know, play to our advantage. So I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I do want to point that out that sort of helps agree a little bit that some of these players, some of our players, have a lot more experience than um, than some of theirs. So that's one, and uh, and, and two. Um, well, I, I just think overall that. The, if the Grizzlies, because they can play their style, I don't think that it will have the same summer box. I agree with you also. I don't think they'll be able to pull out those, you know, double-digit wins. I think they'll be able to stay in the games longer. I think if Grizzlies were to win this series, it'd probably have to go seven. That'd be my initial prediction. I don't think they're going to, by any means, <laughs> have this be an easy series if they're going to take it. I think they can take it. Uh, they may be able to get it in six just because of the play styles, but – I, my my inkling is if they're going to win this, it's going to have to go down uh, to 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 the brink. But they do have a, a a sort of youth advantage too, and I don't know if that'll play into things. I I think that uh, the Grizz have the opportunity to sort of become that new sort of team on the horizon, and if they want to do that, they're going to have to beat the Warriors in this series. Yeah. So someone asked me on Twitter immediately after this game, what was my prediction? Uh, for this next series, I said the same thing. I said Grizz and seven um, is my official prediction, and I don't I don't want to sound overconfident, um, but I just I don't I don't think the Grizz is going to be down double digits like that. I mean, yeah. there, there might be games where they are double down double digits, but I don't think it's going to be a consistent thing in this series. I just feel like the Grizzlies can play with this team style stylistically wise. Stylistic wise, I think. They'll, they'll, they can stay in games. And Golden State, one advantage that I think Grizzlies have is Golden State has a tendency to turn the basketball over. Yep. And the Grizzlies feed off feed off turnovers. That's what they feed off of. It's just a lot of things that you kind of look at this matchup and, and you like. I think the three-point shooting is, I think, is what you really worry about. But if you, you take a look at this series, that was kind of the worry going into this series. And the Grizzlies did, did get outshot in this series. Uh, Minnesota goes 83 of 214 uh, for – What's that? 30, 38%. Grizzlies go 69 to 191 for 36.1%. And you talk about the the stats on the season. Anytime the Grizzlies go 35 over 35%, they had a fantastic record. They shot 36% in this series. So the Grizzlies shot the basketball for them really well for three of the series. I mean, there were a couple games where they even outshot Minnesota, and I think a game where they tied them. And then I think two games where Minnesota really, really got the jump on game one, and I think that was game four. Uh, where where they outshot them, but uh, the Grizzlies have, have shown a propensity to shoot the basketball well um, in this series. So I think if, if the Grizzlies can shoot thirty six to thirty seven percent, I think that's about as well as you can ask for. And I even said going into this series, if they could stay anywhere close, that that they'd be fine, and they were able to do that, and probably even higher, exceeded by expectations on what I thought going into the series. So I think with, with Golden State, I think that's your biggest worry. But outside of that, I just think. The Grizzlies have the physicality advantage. I think they have an advantage inside. And again, man, Golden State turns the basketball over. And turning the basketball over is dangerous against this Grizzlies team because if they can get out and run, that you, you're in trouble. Uh, because they turn turnovers in the offense better than uh, in most teams that I've seen. So that I think that's a big advantage going to this series. I just feel good about it. I, I, think, I think another thing is, even though they haven't really played Golden State at full strength, I think they have a confidence playing against this team because they've had success against these guys. And again, I know they're not having collectively all been together, but Steph Curry has been there. Uh, they played against him. They played against Draymond. I mean, Steve Kerr was still the coach. They played against these guys. And they've had a lot of success against these guys over the last couple of years. So I don't think they're going to be intimidated coming into this series at all. 
just just real quick for you, you go, David. I just want to add up. Uh, I just want to add a point on to to what you were saying, Isaac, about the the three point shooting. You know, Minnesota led the league in three point attempts, and so yeah. I think you're you're actually taking a step down here when in terms of perimeter defense. I mean, it's, it sounds weird to say because it's the Golden State Warriors and they're known for their threes, and obviously they'll take better shots. But if I think if the the things that you learned and the discipline that you that that it had to take in order to hold down the the Timberwolves enough to to be able to keep yourself in the game. Like for instance, tonight, uh, the, the Timberwolves only shot 38% from three, which they were 12. Of yeah, the Grizzlies shot them tonight. yeah and, the, and the Grizzlies were 15 of 33 shooting 45%. And so, and, and I don't think you were going to expect the Grizzlies to shoot 45% every night, but I think that especially when Jaron's on the floor and that's a key Jaron's on the floor, that'll make a huge difference in terms of perimeter defense. And if they can, like I said, hold down the Tim- the Timberwolves, I think they got a really good chance to be able to at least, uh, manage the three-point shooting from the Warriors. The one thing that scares the absolute crap out of me about this conversation specifically is things that happened in this Timberwolves series. How many times did the Grizzlies get themselves in trouble because they overhelped and left somebody wide open in the corner? When you do that against the Golden State Warriors, when you overhelp and you leave somebody wide open in the corner – that's not going to be Malik Beasley or Jordan McLaughlin or Jay, you know, like Jane McDaniels had a, a hell of a game. Well, man, I don't know, man. They were making them, though. Yeah, but <laughs> like, I mean, even though those guys were making shots. I just think that the quality of shooters is different. And, and I get what you're saying. I don't, I'm not disagreeing with that, but I think that that is something they've got to clean that up. They have to be better about ball watching. There was a play late in the game where Jaron was ball watching. Carl Anthony Towns had the ball around the free throw line. Jaron's ball watching. His man slides down, gets a wide open three, knocks it down. And so I'm not just picking on Jaron there because it happened on multiple occasions to multiple guys. So that's that's something – the three-point defense is still going to be extremely important. Um but I think that this series is going to be easier for Jaron to stay on the floor because yeah. he's not going to have that – the physicality, that matchup is just not going to be there against this team. But I think offensive rebounding is going to be big in this series. Second chance points, getting more possessions, I think that's going to be big. And, and the turnovers help with that. Um, and I think, again, man, I think inside, I think – I know Steven Adams, I know the defense with their guards and – and it can, can cause a problem. But I think in this series, if he can get back, I think him being out, that makes it even weirder that the fact that he hasn't been playing, then he's coming back from COVID, and then he's probably going to miss the first two games, and you said throwing him back in on the road. That'll be interesting to see. But if he can get back and be himself, I think he could be big in this series. I just don't – I think his impact on, on the boards would kind of negate some of what, what, what he gives up defensively because I just think he'd eat inside out of there. They don't have – Anybody that can combat that, I mean, you, you know, you, you said Looney played well against him in spots. I just don't know if he can do that consistently, though. I, I don't think that's something that he can do on a consistent basis over a seven-game series. I just think him and Jared inside, I just don't know how they combat that. I know Draymond Green and what he does defensively, but he's not the same guy that he was, and he's even less of a scoring threat than he used to be. I just think the Grizz have a tremendous advantage there, and I think that's going to be big for them. I think what they do inside and scoring in the paint, is, is help to negate some of their three-point shooting that they're definitely going to give up in, in this series. And I think that's kind of where they can punish the Warriors and kind of negate some of that. And, and we've seen them I mean, again. I mean, if they can shoot 36% uh, from three, I think they'll be fine. To yeah. that point, uh, I think you're oh, – I'm sorry, go ahead, David. I, matchup, I think, is is key here. We talked about how well the Timberwolves on defending John Morant and the – Outside of Gary Payton, Gary Payton, yeah, he's like, the, I mean, that, and he's not going to be playing. How many money minutes are you going to play him? I was talking to somebody about that earlier, a Warriors fan. They was like, oh, well, Gary Payton is going to lock him up, but like, you got to pay Gary Payton 40 minutes a game. I mean, how much is he going to play? So, yeah. I mean, and that's, I, I don't even know. I, I got to be honest, I didn't watch a ton of that Denver Golden State series because I honestly just knew that Golden State was going to beat them. And that's like Jokic just – he's a fantastic player, but he's not going to win a playoff series by himself. 
Gary Payton is he he played 25 minutes in the closing game of that series. Um, I don't know what he averaged for the series. I guess I could probably view the series and look that up. But yeah, what is what does that do to your offense if you're playing him? Yeah, because there'd be somebody else on the floor. Yeah. So that's if they resort to playing him 40 minutes a game, I can live with that because even as well as he's done guarding John Morant, he still doesn't have the length around no. him to stop him and, and Ja can get to his spots against him. Yep. Yeah, I, I want to go back to that point, uh, Isaac, about uh, Stephen Adams. It, the more I think about it, Xavier Tillman played well against the Warriors, particularly in that play-in game. He's, he seems to actually sometimes do better than Adams. It, I know he had some critical plays, down the stretch in order to win that play play in game and this is a seven game series um, of course but I actually don't think it's that bad to, to go with Tillman I, Tillman didn't play great in this series in particular but you know I, I think it actually he'll he'll look better against the Warriors and I wanted to touch on a point that uh you made to David about the uh you know the overhelping that they tend to do I think that will be an issue I don't know if it'll kill them though because I think the Timberwolves had more people that can attack at the rim, more of a threat. Not to say that Steph and Clay that they can't, but just the pressure on the defense. I, I think the threat is not the same. And I know you, you, you probably get a couple people to overhelp, a couple maybe more than what's needed. But I don't know if it'll kill them as much just because that the threat is, is, isn't there. Even Pat Bev, I think, is, I'm not going to say he's a bigger threat than Steph, but – I don't know. I just think that because it, the threat won't be there as much, it won't kill them. Even if you do get a a little bit of overhelping here and there, then they can't go bananas with it. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying because most of those those guys want to shoot perimeter jumpers. They're not that they can't drive to the basket if they don't because Steph goes to the basket at times. You see Clay go to the basket, but their main thing they want to shoot perimeter jump shots, right. and that's kind of more of a threat than them driving to the basket. Right. They're they're not physical getting down yeah, they, they like right. Carl Anthony yeah, like Towns, Edwards, like Anthony Edwards, Edwards. And Towns, yeah. even right. D'Angelo Russell is a guy that gets physical going downhill. Patrick Beverly got downhill a ton in this series. Uh, that's That was part of their game plan, and that was funny to me. I, I can't believe that it worked almost the entire series that the Grizzlies would overhelp when he was getting into the paint. When they At the times that they would just kind of make him be the scorer, it worked out well for him. He he whiffed a ton, and that it I almost had a stroke screaming at my TV when he would get downhill and they would overhelp off of a, a shooter in the corner. I'm just like, make this dude beat you, and they they didn't really do it that often. Yeah, I was gonna be pissed if they lost this game tonight, man. I'm like, you lose to 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 McDaniel's and uh, and and McLaughlin because I mean that's what. Would have been if they if they lost this game, it would have been kind of the the, the James McDaniel's game because I mean he was killing them all night. I'm like, man, that's not the guy that you won't kill you. Like it was surprising again. A lot of that had to do with them overhelping on Beverly because, like you said, I mean, he's driving in the paint. He's not looking to score. I mean, he's trying to trying to pass out the shooters and just time and time again, man, they just bit every single time. But I mean, I got to give him credit, man, because he played well in this series. I mean, he knocked down some big threes um, in this series. And, I mean, he played well um, and made them pay for pay for overhelping. I mean, he still had to make those plays. And he made it, got him out the shooters, man, and they knocked him down. I mean, it's just a tough matchup all the way around, man. I'm just relieved to to get out of this series, man. I feel like I was out there battling with him. I mean, it feels like this series started three months ago. I mean, that's how tough it was watching these games, man. It, man, it's just – I don't even know, man. I just – again, man, I'm just – Relieved to get out of this series. Glad to see them face someone else. I mean, in a series that I think is going to be better to watch. I think the games are going to be more fun because this wasn't fun at all. Somebody on Twitter, I think it was the Grizzlies fan. I can't remember exactly who it was. He was like, man, these games have been fun. I was like, man, this is fun to you. This is not not with my definition of fun, man. This has been emotionally taxing, man, draining, man. It's just nervousness. It's just every second, man, you're on, on pins and needles. The games are Outside of game two, the Grizzlies never really had a lead, never really felt comfortable in any of these games. It's just just a tough, tough series, man. It wasn't what I expected coming in. I thought I knew these games had been tough and physical in the in the regular season, but I thought 
that they'd be a lot of fun, man. Two teams getting up and down, but it wasn't wasn't it at all, man. It ended up being a really tough series. And you think back on this series, the fact that Grizz were able to win this game 4-2 when John Morant really didn't play well for most of the series. Jaron Jackson Jr. didn't play well for most of the series. Steven Adams was rendered unplayable. I mean, it's it's really amazing that they were able to win this with, with all those circumstances going against and I think going to the next series, honestly, this may be the, the key difference for uh, us viewers as, as watchers. This time the Grizzlies are, even though they're two seed, they're considered the underdog in this yeah. matchup just because Golden State has more experience. And I think that this team plays much better in the role of the underdog over sort of being that hunted. I think they need to learn that steal. And they ultimately came out with the with the win in the series being, you know, the favorite team. So I mean, maybe maybe they have learned, but to play their game still, even when they are, you know, being the hunted. But but anyway, as an underdog in this series, I don't think a lot of people really expect the Grizz to, to win. And so that that will help in terms of the mentality and them getting back to playing their style just feeds back into that. Uh, if nothing else, they'll go down playing like the Grizzlies. Yeah, yeah, there's no fear from the team. And you could see – I saw a ton of next series predictions after this series ended tonight. And I don't think that I saw a single person pick the Grizzlies. And a lot of people were picking the Warriors in a short series. You know, I, I saw some craziness of Warriors in four. I don't think that there's any way that that happens at all. No. Um, you know, and then quite a few people with the Warriors in five. And, and I just – I'm not buying into that. The Grizzlies played this team too well over the past couple of years for this series to go down like that. Yeah, I think they get at least two. I think. Yeah, I mean, two. yeah, I mean, the Grizzlies have home court advantage, but they're not getting they're not getting right. swept in this series. There's there's no know. way they're getting getting swept. Um, it, it's going to be interesting, man. I could I could see this series going a lot of different ways. Um, like I could. I just I could foresee a scenario where the Grizzlies win in six. I just I just like this matchup yeah. so much better than I like the matchup against Minnesota. I just feel good. Again, I just feel like they played this team a lot. They've had success against this team, even though again they weren't collectively all together. But I I just don't think they fear this team. I don't think John Morant looks at Steph Steph Curry. I don't think John Morant looks at anybody and fears them. But I just think this team specifically. I think they feel like they that they can beat this team. Uh, even though Golden State's been there, they've won, won championships. Um, but I, I just feel like this team, they went in there and, and won a game that they had to win last year. Again, the Golden State wasn't healthy. I just feel like when they look at that Golden State, I just don't think that's the team that they really fear. I, I think they probably respect them, but I, I feel like they feel like they could beat this team. And with, with home court advantage, I know a lot of people are, are looking at what Golden State did in the past. I'm Still not so. A lot they they were playing against yeah. a Denver team that doesn't match up with them well at all. Um, I, I think I think the Grizzlies would have rolled Denver as well. I think Grizzlies they played the Nuggets. They would have won that series in four or five games too. Um, I just don't think that Denver team really gave them a lot of resistance. And I think a lot of people are saying, "Oh, well, this Golden State team they're back now. This is peak Golden State." And I'm not so sure about that. Maybe I get yep. I, I get proven wrong. They get in the series and. The Grizzlies can't do anything with them. They can't handle them. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I'm not quite sold on that yet, that they're back and they're at this huge championship level. This is going to be an easy series, and they, they look at like, they're looking like a team that's going to win a championship. I'm not sold on that yet. And to back that up, the last two games, they didn't look the same as the first three games. Yeah, because they, they gave of, everything they wanted Yeah, in that yeah, last game. For sure. Just a couple of adjustments by Denver and they were able to make them look like a different team. So I, I completely agree with you, agree with you, Isaac. And I think the reason why they play and they have the confidence against this team is because they understand what it means to beat the Warriors. And so that's sort of their their goal. They, they want to be – they understand in order to really cement themselves as a team that's here to stay, they've got to beat the Warriors. And I think that sort of plays into plays to their advantage. So I think even in the worst-case scenario – the Grizzlies are going to get some games. They just are. They play this team too well, like you said, so I'm excited to see it. And I think, too, I'm glad we, that they could get past the Timberwolves because even in, no matter how no matter how this ends, I really do think the Grizzlies can win this in, in, in series. But at the end of the day, no matter how, this, how the season ends, you're going to have to evaluate the team in the offseason. And I think evaluating the team 
coming off of this series is much more indicative of the type of evaluation that should take place over any drastic moves that would have been made because of how they looked against the Timberwolves. And so I'm glad they, they get another opportunity to show to really be more themselves. And so we can really see what the team is better made of because they just don't play well against the Timberwolves team. And sure, maybe there needs to be some personnel moves made in order to, to change that. But right now, it's just some teams that you just don't play well against. It's one of them for the Timberwolves. And we'll be able to see this team truly next series. I, I really believe that. So heading into this Timberwolves series, Isaac, you mentioned that you felt like Brandon Clark was going to be the X factor. Couldn't have gotten that more right. That was absolutely 100% correct. Brandon Clark took his game to the next level, and he is far and away the MVP of this series. So my question to you guys, and I think that that we've kind of – I don't know, I feel like we're, we've been running for a while here, so I don't want to go – I don't want to stretch it out too much to try and wrap it up, but I, I do want get, to get your input on this. For this series against the Golden State Warriors – what are the keys for the Grizzlies in order to beat this team? Uh, I think, number one, I think Jared. Uh, I, I think Jared, I got a feeling Jared's going to be huge in this series. I mean, it was a tough series for him against Minnesota. I think he knows that. Uh, finished it out well. Uh, they have a game. I think he kind of exercised some of those demons tonight that he had throughout this, this series. Was able to have a, a really big game tonight, 18 points, 14 rebounds. Uh, able to stay on the floor, and that's the thing with him. If if he can stay on the floor, he's he's usually going to be productive, and I think he's going to be able to do that in this series against Draymond Green. Um, and, and I think it's I think he's going to have a big series. I think Jaron having a big series, and I think them Brandon Clark is going to be big in this series as well because I think they have an advantage inside. And I think that scoring in the paint is going to be big for them in this series. I think rebounding uh, is going to be big for them, and that brings Brandon Clark into the fold. We'll see what happens with Stephen Adams, and I agree with Candace. I think Xavier. Tillman has a role in this series as well. So I think scoring in the paint and rebounding is going to be big for, for this team and obviously perimeter defense uh, against Warriors team. They take a lot of threes. They take a lot of good threes. Uh, they, they scheme to get open shots. That's kind of what their offense is. Uh, so you, you got to have perimeter defense. So I think Desmond, uh, Dylan Brooks is going to be big in this series. Uh, so I think perimeter defense and I think inside scoring and rebounding are kind of my, my big things in this series because I think, I think John is going to look like superstar job times in this series. Like, you didn't see, even though he had a game where he scored 30-plus, I think he's going to look like normal, like the job that we saw in, in 82 games uh, throughout the playoffs, in, uh, throughout the regular season in this game, in this series against Golden State, because I just don't think they have the personnel. I mean, they can put Peyton on him, but he's not going to be able to do it the entire game. And as David mentioned earlier, they don't have the guys around him to kind of blitz him and kind of keep him out of the paint. I think he's going to have a big series, but I think the two, two, two keys to me in, in, in the X factor, I think, is going to be Jaron Jackson Jr. I think he's going to have a big bounce back series. Uh, he's taking a lot of a lot of negative talk uh, throughout the, throughout this first series. I think he's going to bounce back and shut some people up here against the Warriors. Yeah, I, I won't disagree with you, Isaac. But for the sake of doing something different here, I think I'm going to go with sort of the point you touched on there at the end. I think John Morant is going to be an X factor here. I think we I think he needs to play like the way he's been playing uh, in the regular season. I think that John Morant needs to be the one to show up with the decision-making and not the crazy turnovers and just the the mental mistakes that I think he was making as well. I think he's got to step it up. I think I think uh, this series will be the series of around your cornerstones. I think it's going to come down to the play of Ja and Jaron, and I think we need to see that. I think not just on offense for Ja, but defensively. Uh, I'm not sure that there's the same, I mean, there's no Pat Bev to hide on with the Golden State Warriors defensively. And so, you know, what does that look like? Can Ja not be a huge liability on the defensive end as well? And so uh, I'm curious to see how that would match up, but you need Ja on both ends and you need Jaron on both ends in this series as well. I think that will take you far. I think in this past series, it was Brandon Clark and Desmond Bain. And while I think they'll play a role, Desmond especially would need to play a role, um, continuing to play uh, as elite as he's been playing. But I think at the end, to get you home, it's got to be John Jaren. I think Brandon Clark is going to have another massive role in this series. And the reason I, I think that he is going to be huge in this series is the way that he scores. The Timberwolves had rim protection, 
the Golden State Warriors don't have it. Like, Draymond Green is probably their best rim protector, but Draymond Green more than likely is not going to be guarding Brandon Clark. And even if he is, Draymond Green does not have the ability to jump like Brandon Clark does. And so I think that the Warriors will struggle to stop Brandon Clark from scoring inside in this series. It wouldn't surprise me to see Brandon Clark shoot 70-plus percent from the field against this team because they just don't have anybody that can truly defend him. Um, I think that Dylan Brooks, so for me, Brandon Clark, you're going to need that energy off of the bench. I think that he's going to be big in this series. And then Dylan Brooks and the defense that he is, he's going to have to play on Steph Curry. And can he stay out of foul trouble? That was something he ended up fouling out tonight, and it was extremely unfortunate on a questionable call. You know, Patrick Beverly was still sliding whenever Dylan went off the floor. When when Dylan jumped, Patrick Beverly was still sliding to his left. It's easy for us to see that in the replay, but they missed it. It's a, it's his sixth foul. To me, that should be – anyway, I'm not going to go down that path, but I, they missed that one. But Dylan Brooks is going to have to play physical – control defense in this series to try and limit Steph Curry as much as he can. Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time. He's going to go out there and get his, but make him earn it. Make it be physical. Over a seven-game series, you play physical with him the whole time. How's it, how's his body going to hold up? What's he going to be able to do? Because Steph Curry didn't play any for the last month or so of the season, and he just came back in that Denver series. Is he back to 100%? He look, he's looked good. He looked good in that Denver series. So maybe you can say yes to that question, but he's still got all the bumps and bruises of the season. And the way that Dylan plays over the course of a seven-game series, I think it can make a huge impact on him. Isaac, you got anything else before we get out of here, man? He might. Sorry, I was, I was muted. I was yeah. muted there. I was there like, I, I, think, I think the Grizzlies need to come out and be – extremely physical against this team. Like, I think that's, as I said earlier, I think that's one of their big advantages because they they don't like that. I mean, this is not a team that wants to get real physical with their guards. Gary Payton's kind of the only guard that they have that really has any physicality. Um, and I, I think the Grizzlies can really push this team around. I think with, with guards like Dylan Brooks, and even though Desmond Bain's not a super defender or anything, he has some size. The Grizzlies are bigger than them. Um, and I, I just think all across the board, not not just on the inside, I, I just think the Grizzlies have an advantage. And again, man, make make it tough for those guards. I mean, you do you if you're gonna get those threes, man, just make it tough on them. I mean, that's the thing about it. don't let them get those shots off easy. And I think that's one of the things that makes this a good matchup for the Grizzlies because even though they like to shoot those shots, I think the Grizzlies are get physical with them. And again, they don't like that. That's not what they like. Uh, they like to kind of finesse their way through games, and I, and I think the Grizzlies need to make it tough on them physically, and I think the Grizzlies had the personnel to do that on the inside and with their guards like Dylan Brooks and Desmond Bain. So physicality plus the athleticism of a younger team that they just – they can't match anymore, like he's like, uh, like like David was just saying with Brandon Clark. I mean, Draymond Green's not getting up that high. It's just things – little things like that that I think will make it a little tough on the Warriors to uh, – you know, it won't it won't it won't be a cakewalk by any means. I think they'll have to fight. And I think the physicality of the Grizzlies coming off of the Timberwolves uh series, I think they'll be more physical than they've been before, just because that's where they at this point, that's kind of what they're conditioned yeah. to do is just be physical. They're coming out of a very physical series, so that's very easy to translate to this next series. Yeah, I think it's that their their eyes are gonna light up when they sit in when they don't look out there and see Anthony Edwards and, and call Andy Towns <laughs> out there anymore. They're like, man, we we're gonna beat these guys to death, man. I think I think that's what we're gonna have. And I think that series is really, really gonna help them going forward. Because I mean, I think you you got some skin in the game, man, after that series. I mean, they because Minnesota is extremely physical, man. They beat you up and they've been beat up for for, for six games. So I, I think they're gonna be really, really happy to to kind of see a team out there that 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 doesn't it's not as physical like the Timberwolves were. All right. I wouldn't are you guys ready to close before I like? I, I've got an no, idea man. Let's, let's go all close. night, man. All let's night. Go all okay. night. Hey, <laughs> I mean, I'm still hyped from the win. I, I can go a little while longer. It's been a long day, though, man. I, I drove. I, I was out of town driving home today before the game, so I'm I'm a little tired, but I can still go a little longer. So let, let's close it with this. I like the Grizzlies in this series in six games. I think the Grizzlies win the series in six. 
You can get the show on Twitter at Ethos Grizz. I'm at David W2111. Candace is going to give us our her series prediction and then pass it off to Isaac so he can get us out of here. All right. I'm going to go Grizz in seven. I think it's a tougher matchup, so I think uh, they'll have to fight their way through, but I think the Grizz can win this. So you can follow me, new handle. You can follow me at Candace H901. That's Candace H901. That's C-A-N-D-A-C-E H901. Isaac? Yeah, man, I, I, I'm going to say Grizz in seven. Um, I, I like the, the spot that the Grizz are in. I think it's big that they have home court advantage. It's weird that they have home court advantage. I think they're going to be the underdog in the series. Uh, if you look in Vegas, I think – I just looked on FanDuel. I think they have Phoenix and Golden State tied with the highest odds to win the championship, which I I think that's a little bit disrespectful to Phoenix. I mean, I understand that this Golden State team, they have Steph Curry and everything, but I think they're giving them a little bit – a little bit too much credit, but I think the Grizzlies are going to be, even though they have home court advantage, they're going to be the underdog in this situation. But I actually think that's not exactly a bad thing. I think not being a not being a hundred anymore. I think is I think this team plays better when they're they can they can sell to themselves that they're the underdog, and I think that's what they're going to have this series. And having home court advantage on top of that, I think that puts them in a, a unique position. So I think the Grizzlies are going to pull this out. I think. I think it's going to be a, a fun series. I think it's going to be hard fought. Um, and I'm going to say Grizz in seven, man. And, and starts on Sunday, 2.30, ABC, man. Glad we're not talking about a game seven, man. I didn't want any parts of that in my life against this Timberwolves team, man. So glad to get that series over. But uh, we'll be back with a post game uh, on, on Sunday evening. So be on the lookout for that. But you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals. That's I-S-A-A-C underscore rivals make sure you go over to at eat those grizzlies give us a like and a follow we appreciate that uh man i'm just glad to get the simple world series over grizzlies move on to the second round take on the warriors man we'll have to catch the summer uh throughout the series so make sure you keep it locked right here and until sunday we go You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.